0: Welcome to Jukebox in Suburbia. I'm one third of your
1: three-headed host, Gregor, and this is Mick. How you doing? Good to be back. Uh, And I'm Leroy. Uh, Mick, I have received a request from my wife that she would like uh, a recording of you saying "Have a good time all the time" to her, and she'll just keep that for bad days. I hope you have a good time
2: all
0: the time.
1: Nice. All right. That's so cool. I was actually
0: thinking about your slogan there, Miko. Because there, there's these there's these really cool websites like remember being in a band back in the day, you're like, Oh, we need to get merch. Let's try and scrounge up five hundred dollars to buy t shirts that <laughs> our mates and nobody else are gonna buy, right? What sizes do we get? Oh, I don't know. Do we get boys and girls? We'll get fifty t shirts and sell four. But now you can print on demand. And I was thinking maybe we should get some jukebox in suburbia t shirts up online. Even if we're the only people that order them and I was thinking, have a good time all the time would make a pretty sweet t-shirt. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I'd wear that. I would wear that too. L- like yeah. the little, the little, um, the record logo on over my left boobie and then across my shoulders at the back, have a good time all the time.
1: Uh, um, the, the little, little record coming out of the pocket. Oh, <laughs> wait. Or even if it's just a picture of a pocket. You're not suggesting that we get
0: polos printed, are you? No, no, no. Like, uh, <laughs> I reckon we get a picture of That's a pocket that, with a little record coming that, out.
2: That, that might be just a little bit too suburban, I think.
0: So, speaking of suburban polos, um, now that I've moved into deep, deep, deep rural suburbia, polos never went away out here. Do you remember when they were a thing in, like, 2000? Yeah, people actually wore yep. them. Yep, I had I had a pink one, little fast-fashioned pink polo, but uh, out here- the um the polo is the work uniform of everyone who's not a tradie and uh when i when i when someone called me hey we we'd love you to come and help us out for a day I said no worries what do i wear oh you know just something with a collar you know just a polo I'm like okay cool i don't own a fucking polo i had to go and buy one and what's more i didn't know where to buy one i had to look up where to buy a polo and then go
1: there and buy a polo well hang on it's funny you say that because Mike. My- I have a couple of different work sites, and most of them, even though on paper I'm meant to wear business casual, when meant to wear something with a shirt with with a collar, I rarely do, and it's mostly just me in my Melvins and Berserk t-shirts, um, which seems to be fine. But uh, one of them is like, no, nah, no, nah, it's pretty specific, and every every Thursday and Friday when I wake up, I'm like, do I have a shirt? Probably not. Probably not iron. So I just bang on like a black polo, like. It's, it's pretty handy. I wish I didn't have to, but it's better than wearing a shirt, ironing a shirt. Fuck that. Yeah, no, it's true. It is actually really
0: convenient. It's been so long since <laughs> I've had a uniform. <laughs> when was the last time I had a uniform? Like, I had a uniform all through school, and then I guess as a function waiter until I was like 19 or 20. I don't think I've worn a uniform since then. <sighs> Life's importantness. Importantness. Right? Is that even a word? Sure. Pretty, pretty good, right? Impotentness.
2: If, if they actually it, got
0: pulled up, sorry. <laughs>
2: I was just going to say, <laughs> straight down the rabbit hole, if anyone's tuned in, we're a, we're a podcast about music, a bit like a book club, <laughs> and we chat music. Um,
1: well, we were, but now we're a polar review club. Well, we're
2: now, um, now a polar review club, so that's okay. This isn't a, a rabbit hole at all, but that, we're at, rabbit holes are, are good too. Occasionally, we might fall into one and never, ever come out again.
1: I'm smelling rating this record out of polos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but my rating system for this one is long, so I'm going to need a moment. Oh, <laughs> wow. I might be popped collaring for
2: mine, I think, this
1: week. <laughs> Ooh, I might Pop- undo both buttons. Popped collars and unbuttoned buttons. It's like a mating call, like your popped collar, like we need a David Attenborough, like, popped collar indicates <coughs> <coughs> that uh, the, the male is interested. Insert Um,
0: corny music right there.
1: Uh, He begins his mating dance.
0: So we talk about albums. We pick one at the end of an episode. And the end of last episode, we picked Killing Joke's 1980s release, Killing Joke. And we went away and we had to listen to it. And today we're going to get together and have a chat about it. So if you've joined us on that journey and you've done your homework, you've gone away and listened to the album as we have... Some of us possibly only an hour ago. Some of us possibly three or four <laughs> days ago. Who knows? But we've done it before we've hit that red button.
1: I like my reviews fresh. <laughs> and biased. Biased. I, l- I like my reviews like I like my homework. Done at the last minute. <laughs> <laughs> um, does, does anyone remember how we ended up picking this album? Because it was a little bit of a slip up, but I uh, think it's I pretty think, funny. Yeah, I, th- I think I remember what
2: happened. I think yep. Gregor... In your own words. Did, did the pick. And um, and had a list of Dave Grohl albums. Tell us about that, Gregor, with the pick with that we
0: ended up on. So, in, in the episode before, Mick and Leroy are massive Dave Grohl fans. Um, and there was a lot of Dave Grohl chat in the, um, in the episode I wasn't there for. So, I thought, well, this will be fun. I'll choose a whole bunch of albums that Dave Grohl has played on that aren't True Fighters on Nirvana Records and that'll be the picks. And I misread Wikipedia, <laughs> <laughs> the most trustworthy of all the sources. Oh mate, it's it is the tomato of the sources. And that's how we got to to the Killing Joke album which had a had
1: a remaster. No, one. not a not a remaster, just a different album with the same name. Oh. So have yeah. they got have they got two self-titled Killing Joke albums. They have two self-titled ones in came out in 2003, and this one came out in 1980, which I don't think Dave Grohl was around for. I reckon Dave Grohl <laughs>
2: would have still been going through school and working out life when this was recorded. Yeah,
1: and drumming on post-punk albums.
0: So, that's how we came to this. Um, <laughs> to this pick. Now, we like to do a little bit before we get into the reviews of where were you when you were listening to this. And Mick is usually in the kitchen. Where were you this time? I was not in the
2: kitchen this time, believe it or not, because I think the last few reviews, and it's been ages since we've done one, we're consistently inconsistent. So, if anyone's looking for consistency, that is our consistency of being inconsistent consistently. And um, the last time we did one of these, I think we were either in lockdown or not far out of one or something, and we just weren't leaving the house much. But um, I'm driving to work and going to work and trying to function normal as a... Normally, as a human being, again, and um, it's, oh, it's, it's still the worst. fuck. It's weird, but um, yeah. So I was driving to work when I listened to this thing, and um, yeah, I I enjoy it. it. It made for an enjoyable drive. And is your is your commute long enough to get through the whole album? Well, this this one, the running length is like thirty five minutes. There's three mm-hmm. bonus songs at the end, but I didn't count them. So without no. the bonus songs, they're just kind of remixes or rough mixes. And I think well. You've given me a good mix. Why would I listen to a rough mix? So, yeah, you know, that's, that's my take on it. A rough mix is something you share around with your bandmates before it gets released and you're like, oh, we should bring the snare drum up, fatten the bass drum up
0: or I, I can tell whatever. you exactly why you release a rough mix because when you have a record deal and they say, we want an album plus three B-sides in case we do something. So, that, when I was playing in Vlad in Tears, we had to deliver a full album, Plus a couple of B sides that they would then turn into a limited edition in the yeah. cardboard slip bullshit B side. Yeah, you needed to have B sides. Yeah, so we had like a I think with the the Blood and Tears record. We had two B sides, which was a piano version, solo piano version of one of the songs, which was literally everything muted except for the voice and the piano, and <laughs> um, and then a live recording. Of that song, which we just kind of had to get done because we're running out of time. (laughs) Like, well, we've got a gig. Let's get someone to record it live. And uh, that was actually Toby from Intrasonic that recorded that for us.
2: Yeah, cool. It wasn't just a studio version with some piped in crowd noise.
0: (sighs) No, but like Kiss Alive. um, No, no, no. no. But um, Studio (laughs) Five. Because we played to a click track. Like once you once the song starts, you got to keep going, right? Yeah. Um. So. The drummer counted us off, and this song starts with a guitar intro. And I don't know what happened, but there's like if I had the wrong patch on or my volume was turned down, but the guitar didn't come in till like halfway through bar three. So I actually had to go in and um and overdub just hey. just just two and a half bars. <laughs> <laughs> no one no one no one wants to hear a re- release without
2: you know half the first section with any guitar. It's just like.
0: The arson souls just dropped out. The of The other this. thing we had to do Why? was get rid of the feedback that rang through the whole recording.
1: <laughs> Bit of isotope.
0: Yeah, I- no, that's exactly that's where I learned about isotope. This was, you know, yeah. quite a few years ago. It's like 2014 now.
1: What's uh, what's isotope?
0: Uh, isotope is the thing that uh, we use to get rid of all of our mouse clicks and keyboard sounds out of the recordings.
2: Okay, <laughs> so it's like audio repair
0: software. It's pretty good. Yep, it, it's, it's like- fucking excellent. It's, I've only it's just so, gone up to the advanced version, and it costs so
1: much money, but it's so much better. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would very much like to hear, like, a producer's edit that just has the producers, like, in the sound box. Like, it's just a regular song, but it's just like, yeah, that sounds great. Uh, more guitars. More guitars. Yeah, Greg, you're doing real good. And Just over the top of the song. Like... <laughs> That's and that's just your B-side. <laughs> is is the audio on that is the band playing
0: like th- just the album audio or is it the audio coming through a speaker and then back in
1: through the shitty talk back mic? Ba- back in through the talk back mic, yeah. Okay. <laughs> or or no bleeding out of his like cans, out of the cans. <laughs> so, is there any B-sides albums that you guys like Better than, like, the regular album? Oh, if they do oh. B-side albums. It's usually just, like, a song
2: or two here and there.
1: Yeah, but every now and then, like, a band will collect all their B-sides and put it on an album, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. So, Soundgarden had one. Um, Dillinger even had one. I reckon you could- One of the discs from Garage Inc. is B-sides. Yeah.
2: I think Nirvana have got a B-sides thing, or maybe it's part of a box set as well.
0: Oh, you know what's quite a good B-sides record? Um, steal this album. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: By System of Down.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's all the B sides from uh, all the songs that didn't make it onto Toxicity.
1: Yeah,
2: another one is um, Attack of the Killer Bees by Anthrax.
1: Oh, is that B sides? I didn't know that was a B sides album. I just thought it was a cool name.
2: Yeah, that's all B sides. That's why it's called Attack of the Killer Bees because it's killer B sides. See, that's brilliant. That's yeah, brilliant. It's great. Killer bees on the track. Um, um Skid Row had an EP called B Side ourselves. B side <laughs> as in B sides. Oh, oh. Cool. God. <laughs> Well and it was done Skid Row awful. Well done Well done And it was all full of covers It's actually got a really good Little Wing cover and There's probably people out there that hate me saying that But I'll say I liked it You
0: can like it I liked it they, Yeah it's fine You'd like whatever you want oh, I liked it and It's not a guilty
2: yeah. pleasure It's a happy pleasure Beside ourselves everybody Let's go listen to some Skid
1: Row There is a, there is a Clutch Besides album that I Absolutely adore It's probably actually my favorite Clutch album. Uh, <laughs> called uh, what is it even called now? Um, I oh, will slow hold to China. Oh, is that um, B-sides? Yeah, it's all off-cuts from uh, Riders. Yeah, um, right, that's cool. But, um, I mean, speaking of Metallica's B-sides, uh, there's a track on Garage Inc. that is from this album.
0: Yep. I think we're going to get into quite a good discussion when we come up to that bit. Yeah, we are. Uh,
2: Rabbit Hole (laughs) McMega about to be descended into.
1: Uh, Gregor, where were you when you were listening to this album for the first time? So it was quite
0: a disjointed listen. Um, The first two songs were on the couch playing with the one-year-old. The next, the rest of the album was sitting in the car. And then I did a second listen. So, I got to listen to it like coming out of my phone, super shitty, in the car, which, you know, <laughs> is, its, is its own thing. And then through the studio headphones. So, I, I caught a lot more of the panning details and stuff. Sounds good in the car, though.
2: Yeah, that was- that, I, I didn't have a chance to listen to it through headphones. So, it'll be interesting to hear your comparisons there. Like Plenty of car.
0: Well, yeah, because like one of the things when you put listen to headphones is that the panning becomes really extreme, right? Like you yeah. really hear- Yeah. Like besides all the other details, like your yeah, reverbs and subtle shit in the background, like just whatever's on the left and right side gets really wide. And um, yeah, on the headphones it was kind of like thin because there was like a guitar on this side and a keyboard on the other side. But in the car, it just kind of like that center is more solid. I mean, it yeah. sounds better in the car. It's also just just uh, you know the way things were mixed back then.
2: Yeah, and I think with um, stereo panning and that sort of thing, people were trying a lot more stuff, and they didn't realise how to do things the way that they do things now. And things were probably a lot more extreme because I was still trying to figure it out.
0: Well, a lot of those old consoles as well, they didn't have a panning knob. They had a left come out of the left side button, come out of the right side button. If you want to come out of both, you push both. Yeah, and that yeah. was it. It was either left, center, or right. Yeah, no in between. <laughs> no in between. No, there's no knob. There's no gradient. You know, it's just yeah. bang, bang, bang. And there's still a lot of so people. That- how
1: do they get the panning sound? How do they get it like panning from one?
0: Did they just hit the button real fast? No, they just sit it on one speaker. Okay, unless it's something like a like a reverb effect or whatever, in which case, in the um in the the machine that's making the sound, it's you know turning it up and down from one side to the other and spreading it across but you're still recording it, or you're still playing it out of the two sides. Yeah, right. it depends on the console of- that they had. Yeah,
2: because some albums like, um, now if you listen to Pink Floyd, just panning left to right and it bounces all over the place in, in certain things. But-
0: yeah, so so back in the days before computers and stuff, the way they would have to do that is they would have one reel-to-reel machine or, or a couple of them synced up playing the recording into the console... And then playing out of that onto another reel-to-reel machine where they'd be recording the master, and then all those fades and pans and stuff, the engineer would be doing live on the desk, recording them into uh, the thing. Yeah, yep,
1: yeah, real, real analog shit.
0: Yeah,
2: puts the engineering into engi- into being an engineer, I suppose.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I mean, what happens then if you fuck something up is you have to, you know, rewind the machines and play over that section again and have yeah. another crack at
1: at doing it and hope the machines are all locked up properly that they're they're all synced up we should find a an album that has some real like nasty old like engineering behind it and like listen to it and see if it like holds up and stuff like that well i I think we found one and we listened to it (laughs) oh okay (laughs) no idea um what we're gonna do right we're gonna put this amp underwater and we'll record it just before it dies
0: (laughs) so leroy where were you when you were listening to this album
1: well, I'm in my uh, my pod hole, uh, which is this my new my new my study. Uh, I'm growing it. It's 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 turning into quite. Uh, let's not say the word "goddamn man, man cave" because it's not what it is. But I've got some cool lights, and I got my bass guitar in here, and um, yeah, it's becoming quite my little sanctuary. Do you reckon you could um, take a take a photo for our socials? Uh yeah, yeah. I'll uh, I'll throw up uh, my my webcam pic of my um my cozy little hole. Uh, just ignore the um. Ironing board in the back, which never gets used. Don't worry about it. Um, Excellent. Speaking of Polos. Um, yeah, no. So um, I, I, what I like about my my little listening room is um got everything set up. I've got my lights and I've got my chair that's just got just enough give to give it a bit of a dance on either side. Excellent. Yeah. Since this podcast
0: is called Jukebox in Suburbia... We do like to talk about suburban things from time to time, and I would like to toot my own suburban horn just for a second because I have outdone myself as far as suburban things go in the last since we last spoke. Excellent. Yep. I hope, you I hope your
2: shed. I hope your shed gets a mention here because if you know people obviously can't see you because we're an audio thing, and I'm I'm okay with that because I mean my face is made for radio, but Gregor's in this shed right, and it's pretty amazing. That's all I'm going to say. Looks pretty sweet, and there's a big speaker behind him that looks like it's
0: from the 60s. It that one's awesome. I don't know what to do with it. Actually, I don't really need it. Um, it looks
2: like what the Beatles played on top of the um, the rooftop gig with, like the PA you know, that they used. I for think that. it's
0: actually, I, yeah, I think it's like a like a studio monitor or a, or something like that. Because actually, quite mm, check if there's a beetle inside it. There might be a beetle in there. Hey, there's Ringo. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, we'll put it on the fridge, Ringo.
1: I was hiding in here, <laughs> so waiting for someone to find me.
0: So I've leveled up suburban-wise, right? Yep. Hit Our me. lawn was so out of control; it was like knee-high, right? So, in order to get it under control, I had to whippersnip the shit down, and then mulch it, and then go over it with the um the the doobie, the not the vacuum cleaner push mower the lawn mower. <laughs>
2: Chop it up even more,
0: <laughs> yeah. To get it to get it like under control because it was fucked, and I did the whole thing barefoot.
2: <laughs> you didn't strap a, a stubby cooler onto the side of the handle so you could have a beer while you're doing it. I'm not there. I'm close. not there. Oh. You're close. You done that? That would be that would be leveling up.
1: I think I leveled up my suburban um, as well. Um, so um, my parents, for some reason, just never. Ever come over to my house every time I say, ah, oh, maybe I should cook or something like that. Mum will go, oh no, why? Why would you cook? I'll, I'll cook, and it's not even like a bad cook kind of thing. She's never had my, my food, like she just wouldn't know. But I think the that deep, uh, that deep Greek mum thing is just like, no, I can't have my, my, my child uh, cater for me. That's not right. But I finally got my mum over. I cooked a barbecue outside. It was a nice night, and I served mom... Food that I that I cooked on my barbecue in my backyard. Oh wow! Like I'm an adult now. Thanks. L- Level unlocked. Can I have? Yeah. <laughs> can I? Can I have my suburban award? Please. Y- you certainly can. I'll yeah, give you a suburban
2: can. award for that.
1: Yeah.
0: That yeah. that's a big moment. Um, like all jokes aside, like that's a that's a like an inner child growing up thing.
1: I've been living here for eight years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's a couple of days, isn't it? Yeah. Mick, uh what was your suburban achievement of the week or month or year?
2: <sighs> I, I'm I'm struggling to find one here. I've been I've, I've not been too, too suburban.
1: Have I've, you cleaned the grout? Cuz that's but, pretty suburban. Clean the grout? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I clean the grout every week, I reckon. Oh Jesus, you don't need you don't need medals. You get you get
2: you're already there. Wow. G- give the splashback a bit of a wipe in the kitchen. Make sure there's no splattering that gets Stuck on it. It's mirror, so any splattering gets pretty it, it gets amplified pretty hardcore, so you gotta keep on
1: top of that. See, I like I like for it to build up so that when I do clean it it's very dramatic. It's extremely noticeable. <laughs> yeah. Like I like um if I if I ever go get fast food, I will scoff the salty chips and make myself as thirsty as possible. <laughs> so that first drink is just so satisfying. Do you do that at the movies with uh, popcorn and coke? You oh to yeah, go. you gotta hold off. You gotta, you gotta hold off. Yeah, <laughs> hold You're off. Like, on oh my map. god, this is my mouth. It's made out of goddamn salt. I, I couldn't right. think of a better analogy. I, <laughs> am right,
2: right. no, I'm with you on that
1: one. At the movies, popcorn. You gotta eat
0: all the popcorn first before you have a drink.
1: Yeah, all of it. Oh, that's or, bold. Or, or you or go, you gotta it. be
0: at least halfway through the bucket before the movie starts. Because
2: yes. otherwise. The temptation is you just drink all the drink and then you've got a full thing of popcorn. You are like, I've got nothing to wash it down. (laughs) This and I really need to pee.
0: I see a solution to my problem. It's just all bad. (laughs) Yeah, no. All the salt first. I've got an empty cup. Yep. (laughs) Job done. All right. Let's move on to the album review. Do we have any music news? I have nothing. Um, I went to I went to see Midnight Oil. Oh, actually, I do. Then took. Talking
2: about, you know, old man news, an old man band, but they were fantastic. It was their last ever show, um, and it was really interesting because halfway through the gig, Rob Hurst, their drummer, who's an amazing drummer, really energetic when he plays, came out, and he always does this section in a set where he brings out this little stand-up kit, plays a couple of songs because he does backups and that sort of thing. I think it's the moment where he wishes he was a front man, but- I'm okay with that. He's, he's great. But he, halfway through the set, put on this like big heavy fleece and um, looked across and I was like, that's kind of odd. Like, it was really wet. There was a lot of rain around. So, I thought maybe he's just going to wear it while he's playing. And um, like just on the stand-up kit. And then he moved back um, onto his proper kit, and started playing. But he still had it on. I don't know. Every time I've played drums, even in the middle of winter, I've just ended up one big hot sweaty mess. There's no way that I could wear a, a jumper. And apparently, it turned out that he ended up like uh, a couple of days after the gig. Turned out he had COVID. So, um, yeah, wow. Kind of probably, probably. I don't know. Maybe he was just freezing cold because he was having a fever or something like mid set, which would probably explain why he's wearing a jumper. Good, I am mean,
0: powering through. Fuck.
2: Yeah, still sounded great. Still played really well. But um, yeah, probably in a whole world of bleh. So good on you for continuing on. But um, sorry that that happened, I suppose. Well done.
0: Oh, what a trooper. So I also went to an oldies concert. Um, Does anyone know who John Stevens is? Noiseworks. There you go. So John Stevens was in a band called Noiseworks and he was playing away playing at the local town hall and uh to a sold out crowd playing noise Works and in excess songs and it turns out they rock live in songs are really good
2: um that they're, they're really good studio as well they're just a really good band
0: yeah yeah look, sure but you know how you know how so many things like rock hard alive. I did not expect them to rock this hard. No, they rock
2: really hard. I'm just going out there. I'm going to say it. They they. If anyone who isn't an Inexcess fan hasn't heard them, just just get onto it because they're good, really good. Live, not live. They're just great. If you if you want to see a good live show though, Google the Wembley concert. It's amazing. All right. It's just I'll, a I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. It's, it's a I'll full, check it out. It's a full sea of people just all. Jumping in time constantly for the whole show. It's amazing. And Michael Hutchins, like as much as John Stevens is awesome, not a pinch on Michael Hutchins. He is he, untouchable. He's a whole other league of wow. Mr. Charisma.
0: But it's really hard. Like if you take someone like Bon Scott, he wasn't around long enough to get past his prime.
2: <laughs> no.
0: You know? No. And, and I no. think think Brian Johnson's done a really good job and everyone's like, oh yeah, but he's not Bon Scott. Sure. But Bon Scott's not fifty. Or sixty, or however old nah. they are now. Anyway, not bad. Leroy looks yeah. like he's fallen asleep. So let's get onto huh? the album
1: oh. review. Let's give it a crack. All so, right. So- well, well, let's go track by track. What did you guys actually think of this album? I don't know where we're all going to stand on this one. I think Mick actually enjoyed it. Greg, I'm not sure. Let's go. So let's
0: uh, let's start this off with a little little bit of info from Wikipedia. Oh, here we go. This album was self-produced by the band On Purpose. <laughs> they only wanted an engineer who can put their technical knowledge into what we want the way we want it. He's got to take us as we are. They recorded it live in the studio as basic as possible with no, ob- with no overdubs to speak of. Ferguson explained, the mixing is where the difference is. Engineer Phil Harding reckoned the... <laughs> Recording of the album might have only taken two weeks. The album's lyrics were written by Coleman and Ferguson, expressing their opinions on issues such as politics, death, hypocrisy, human nature, pollution and exile. There you go. They wanted to make it raw on purpose. Yeah. And I think so. This was done in 1980. They're a UK band. So I listen to the um, remaster. There is a remaster. And that's what I listen to. Yeah, I also listen to the remaster. I think we yes. probably all listen to the remaster. Uh, yeah, yeah. You just we're not say, savages. There is no reason not to.
2: To me, it sounded like it was really similar to. Um, well, not similar, but in the same sort of family as the Clash, like really early Clash, but not. With a, it's kind of um, punk meets new wave meets industrial.
0: Yeah, so I got a bit of like a cure vibe and mm. a bit of a Jane's addiction vibe from time to time.
1: Oh, that's weird. That's and a bit of refused as well. So, I mean, this sounded really like post-punk. That's basically what this was. Yeah. Um, which is which is basically new wave and punk and I at some point said that um which is the track a bit later on, I uh, I think that this is the alternate reality Joy Division. This is the Joy Division that landed in London. They got really fucking angry instead of depressed. <laughs> um. Uh. And then they they made. Uh, but are uh, are they the Bizarro version or are they the Earth Prime version? I don't know. Is Joy Division the alternate reality one? I don't know. Are we the alternate reality version of ourselves? Are we all just a figment of our own
0: imagina- uh, imagination, uh, experiencing itself subjectively?
1: Well, these are thoughts that I was allowed to have because I was so fucking bored. Anyway, I'm (laughs) listening to the album. (laughs) Let's go track by track. So track one is Requiem. Metal, industrial metal, Hey Jude. (laughs) Boom, boom, boom. Early Jane's Addiction vibe. It's a
0: one riff song, which is kind of hard to pull off. The vocals are under compressed, which meant that I could not understand what they were saying. Couldn't catch it. No idea what any of the words on any of the songs are about. No, none, none. No,
2: I, I I would agree with that. I did get the lyrics. I've got the lyrics here on a on a website. I haven't really looked at them, but I've <laughs> got the a, a website a what, on, here a what on a what site on on a site white. But um, actually no on a website. There's, there's when, only I, a when I all those around, when I I oh, know no, the lyrics don't actually display. On genius riveting riveting content, there, guys. <laughs> there we go. It just says that. Um, yeah, no. I could not understand any of the, you know. I could understand, uh, but maybe it's the the, maybe it's blah, maybe it's ah requiem, but um, yeah, no, hard to decipher what's going on. I reckon you could probably pick about three words out of every twenty, but at the same time, like as as much as this is repetitive, there was something about it that I really liked. It's yeah, fair like, enough. Did you ever have any of you listened to my disco at all? No, I haven't heard. No. Your what's disco? my disco? So they are a Melbourne band. I don't know if they're still around anymore or not. Um, sort of early mid two thousands. They had this kind of thing that was just, an I don't know. Like this album to me was a bit like a post apocalyptic post apocalyptic <laughs> war zone of just someone just going in and just taking no prisoners, just breaking everything in sort of in its sight. And and this is was a little bit unexpected with. The synth for me, and then it just kind of pulverizes you with this monotonous riff that just goes at you. So, unless I'm wrong,
0: the singer is the keyboard player. I could could be.
2: I've done a lot of research on this,
0: as you can tell. <laughs> um, so it's interesting that you say um, post apocalyptic. <laughs> I can't say it either. Post apocalyptic. Because if you look at the album cover, it's this like really uh, high contrast black and white image of some people Mm. on a wall. And um, the artwork was based on a photograph by Don McCullen of young riders trying to escape from clouds of CS gas released by the British Army in Derry in 1971. Looks a bit like the Berlin Wall. Yeah, yeah. So it's actually a rider's um, like uh, English... Irish riders trying to escape the the attacks of British um, just about six yep. months before
1: uh, Bloody Sunday. So, um, speaking of the wrong album, I mean, I <laughs> I know this band, I know this band from the same album name, uh, Thirteen Years Later, Killing Joke self titled. I, I adore that album, so I kind of came came into this thinking like with a little bit of an exception, uh, with a little bit of like thinking I knew what this band sounded like. And I don't know why I never went back and listened to this, but. Um, this first track, Wecrium, uh, real good. Some real kind of like um atonal guitars, like industrial sound, like even like a pre-industrial sound. Like Ministry wasn't around at this point, were they? No, that would have been probably not
2: too far off, but probably um, not too
1: far off. No. Um, even even has like some like you could hear some Nine Inch Nails in this. I, I liked I like this opening track quite a lot, but I liked it because I thought the rest of the album was going to pick up, and it never. Quite does. <laughs> so the other interesting thing about this track um, was, after I listened
0: to the album and in doing the research, I found that there's um, there's a because it's such a prolific, um, not prolific, but it's it's such a such a influential album. Um, to pivotal, a, pivotal album. Um, there's lots of covers, and there's a Foo Fighters cover of Requiem. Oh, yeah, B, right, which was a B-side for Everlong. From the Everlong single, so I went and listened to that, and that song, that cover, it sounds like um, sounds like it was played by people who really knew the who listened to the original inside and out because every like nuance, every like part of a riff, there's no interpretation except for it's just been recorded more recently. It is like one hundred percent. The plot, like there's like strange little guitar riffs and stuff that are exactly like the record.
1: Yeah, right. What's the point of the cover? Then, like, I don't get that. Well, like, well, it, I guess it's an homage it the-
0: then, right? It's not a. But you know how when you when you have heard it, like like when we played Metallica songs back in the day, like they were just the same, right? But then when you play a cover song of a song that you don't know so well or you haven't listened to like a thousand times. You kind of, you play you with it a little bit. You mess it up bit. and you, well, you, yeah, yeah. you fuck it up. No, but like you go, oh, well, I, I like this. This part works better if I play it like this. That works for us. We'll do that. But this was like, so, yeah. it sounded like Dave probably listened to it a lot. A lot. Okay. Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, for me, a cover is you're either going to put your interpretation on it or you'll play it exactly the same, but you, you do that so you can play it live. Like, I really want to play the song live. I'll play it as is. I don't want to mess with it. But to record it exactly as is, like that's that's weird. Like maybe do your own interpretation. It, maybe it was a
0: um, you know, maybe this comes back to what we we're talking about before. Maybe it's it was uh, a song that they were playing live and record label said to him oh now we need some b-sides like oh fuck we're out of songs oh we'll just play play cover
1: there you go do you think it was like more of a technical thing where it's just like i really want to see if i can like recreate this technically no no i reckon they they were just like hey let's play requiem oh that sounds good
0: okay cool done makes sense but then the rabbit hole that that took me on was fantastic okay awesome. because listening to the foo fighters version of that The magic of Spotify took me then onto a Dave Grohl playlist and (laughs) I rediscovered Them Crooked Vultures. I think I like Them Crooked Vultures more than Foo Fighters and Queens. Yeah, a lot of people feel that way. I'd go with that. and um, I I would like them to make another album. And the playlist was Them Crooked Vultures songs mixed together with um, Sound City. Which is a yeah, great right. There's album. There's some good stuff on that as well. Yeah. And so like mm. some of the performances on that Sound City record, I mean, um, Paul McCartney really lets loose and um and Stevie Nicks just like she goes for it like it was, you know, 30 years ago. There's amazing performances on there. Yeah. Really cool shit. If yeah, you haven't cool. listened to it, do, do it. it. But but have the liner notes. Know who's on each of the songs because it's really the who's who.
2: It's pretty good. It's Dave's Dave's mates at their
1: finest. I don't think I ever sat down and listened to it. I know the the ProBot album that basically is that, but for all of his dirty, filthy underground mates. So he's got like uh, Lee Dorian and um, I think there's a secret track with Jack Black doing I Am The Warlock. Um, uh, what, yeah, Ice Cold Man with Lee Dorian is a killer track.
0: Yeah, right. I'll, um, I'll check it out.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, it's Dave Grohl basically doing... A collaboration album with all of his, like, favourite, like, hard rock and heavy metal I only guys. know the Lemmy song. And he I never listened to the rest of it. Shake your- Yeah, Shake Your Blood. Yeah, also a great track. One of the best Motorhead songs that never existed. <laughs> it's like I Disappear was a great Metallica song. Yeah, it's a fun yeah, song. It's a now, good song. Uh, it reminds me of, um, uh, Weird Al Yankovic did Dare to be Stupid. And, um, uh, the guys from Devo said it was the best Devo song that's never been- <laughs> never been made. And it is. It's a great Devo song. <laughs> all right, shall we move? Awesome. Shall we move on to song two? <laughs> oh
0: yeah. Uh, what do you uh, think of War
1: dance? Yeah, with To the Water. Dance. Uh, how well, do you feel about his voice? I mean no it's modulated all, a lot of the time but like uh he's got a he's got a kind of cool weird
2: it reminded me of and and I am um, I used to watch Doctor Who when I was a kid. Oh uh, yep. Like the OG Doctor Who mm. and this sounded like
0: the the old school Daleks.
2: You know, that yeah. Oh,
0: <laughs> yeah, so I mean uh, it was early hardcore vibes, and the 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 choruses are really typical of the era, but that that affected voice that was something that just wasn't really happening back yeah. then, um no, no,
2: and there's a lot of um there's a lot of interesting stuff with drums in this album as well that i've I found there's like reverse reverb on snares, but it wasn't just like on every hit. In some places it would be on, you know, every second hit. Mm-hmm. And bands like um, Rage Against Machine do that a lot as well. Like They'll just affect drums in sort of non-linear ways to just make things a bit more interesting and mess with sounds. And um, I don't know, I just felt like this album had a lot of that on it. Interesting. That could have been sort of influential to other other bands down down the pipe a bit later on.
1: Yeah, I, I feel really bad because, like I, like we keep saying, I'm pretty sure this is a big seminal album, this is a big influential album, and I was just kind of bored, to be honest, by most of it. War Wardance is a great example of my boredom. Um, but I feel the same way about a lot of seminal movies. Like, they're just too dated, I can't watch... <laughs> yeah, and all the best <laughs> things that happened in them have been taken and, like, done better already. But, like... Um, that being said, watch Casablanca, it's really entertaining. It's really still... It holds up as a as a good movie now it's uh it some nice like 80s sounds which again probably would have been pretty pretty new back then those kind of 80s guitars mm. yeah totally um, and yeah. there
0: was a, there was that interesting like um bass um harmonics riff which i think was yeah
1: yeah yeah which it's little harmonic licks yeah
0: yeah and which which um my evernote has corrected to bass harmonica which uh, <laughs> took me a minute to work out what it's I was different to talk about <laughs>
1: Grab the bass harmonica, we've got a solo to Whoa. write. It's like blowing into the side of a piano. And 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 I guess like old movies, um some a lot of this album was pretty interesting, but every track went for like over five minutes. So it was like, oh yeah, okay, come on. Which is a big Leroy no no. So that song was 349. <laughs> it, it felt like a year. <laughs>
2: the next track though tomorrow's world to me i reckon that was a, a real low point
1: yeah 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 agreed
2: that that was that
0: was hard work i tried to find something nice to say about it guitar sounds like a chainsaw but that's okay i'm okay with chainsaw guitars
1: yeah i love chainsaw guitars like um- yeah that was the only thing that i could say about it it, it started off almost like a Primus song. It uh, like it sounded like like an like an off key like atonal Primus song to start with. But uh, uh, it it just lacks punch. Like it like the verses and choruses kind of like bleed into each other, and they never nothing really kind of like elevates emotionally or even like sonically. Like it doesn't get louder. It stays the same kind of pace, uh, the same kind of like tone right the way through. And a lot of this album sounds like that. Uh, that's where I started drawing my alternate reality Joy Division pictures of. Of killing joke and then maybe making up like a like a like a end of the world like alternate reality fight scene in my head and then i was like oh shit the track's done okay cool i'm gonna i'm gonna
2: skim through this yeah i think i think this is the point where i kind of went this is definitely (laughs) post-apocalyptic yeah
1: Yeah.
0: all right so the next song i think is that all we're gonna we're gonna shit on track
1: three about That'll do. Barely any chorus, repeated verses, big no from me, stagnant mood, no highs, no lows, kind of monotone, moving on. Right.
0: So track four is Bloodsport, which the first time I listened to it, so I've listened to this album twice, as I said. The second time (sighs) I enjoyed it more because I knew what to expect. The first time it was an intro that never went anywhere because it was instrumental. Yeah, it, st- it still is instrumental. Yeah, it, it, it always will be instrumental. That's what an instrumental is. Well, maybe is. we can write lyrics to it, boys.
2: But um, this is one of those things. It's kind of like a... Because it's um, relentless in a, way, in, in a way of like, here's two or three riffs. Let's just go for five minutes long or whatever with these two or three riffs. You're kind of like, oh, jeez, You're waiting for something more to happen, but it doesn't. Mm. But I think... The name for Bloodsport is really good because it's kind of like a little bit of a disco boogie kind of thing. It yeah. almost sounds like a Peter Gabriel track. <sighs> yeah, it's a, it's kind of funky. Yeah. And um it, it, with the name Bloodsport, I just kept thinking of, about the movie Bloodsport as well. As <laughs> in Van Damme. Of, of, and, and and yeah, yeah, you, you know, sort of entering the ring, like just ready to just crush skulls, you know. <laughs> and and with the post-apocalyptic kind of you know, if I'm going to put this in a movie speak, it's kind of like where someone just goes into this, I don't know, backyard barn fight, and just there is blood just going everywhere.
1: Yeah, some kind of like Mad Max Thunderdome.
2: And and this is a good example of with the drums, there's like a reverse snare, a reverse reverb on the snare, and it almost and, and there's a bit of crowd noise kind of in there as well, and it just sort of like it's the crowd just cheering on this Van Dam as he's just pulverizing it, someone. It's
0: it's the <laughs> It's the DIF and SATAN of this album. No, that actually no, comes that's, later. That's SO36. Yeah, SO36. Yeah, so I've yeah. so quite S-O a lot of say. About that, to-
2: we'll be right back. Do
3: you like merch? merch. Wearable advertising? Your favorite podcast has got what you want, want, want. And now, so does Jukebox in Suburbia. Support the stallions that review albums. slash people slash jis hyphen podcast we've got t-shirts hoodies, stickers and other random swag don't miss out on the first print run and all the bragging rights that come with it redbubble.com have a good time all the time
2: and now back to our show
3: so 36
0: yeah so 36 yeah, yeah. so i have quite SO a lot to say about that Oh, oh, no, yeah. <laughs> so, basically, Bloodsport oh, no. is a five-minute intro that does not go anywhere.
1: Wait, hang on. Bloodsport is a five-minute intro that is about halfway through the album, which is all one massive intro. <laughs> <laughs> Be- because the next track is
2: The wait. So, if this was vinyl, the original vinyl, this would have been... It only had eight tracks on it, and this would have been the end of side A, and then you would have flipped over...
0: You would have had to consciously make the decision to continue listening to
1: it.
2: Do I? Don't I.
1: Which would have been a shame because The Weight is killer and the second half of the album is a bit better than the first. So The
0: Weight is uh, famously covered by Metallica or infamously covered, depending on how you look at it, on the um, Garage Inc. double disco. And that song always stuck out like dog's balls for me when I listened to Garage Inc. I was like, this just doesn't... Rock the same way that the rest of it does. Like the the chorus just the way the way like it just Hatfield did not I just didn't particularly it just annoyed me. Didn't didn't punch it, didn't do it. No, to like you? the first roof would come in, I'd be like, Oh yeah, and then da-dum, 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 yeah, it's a killer. Yeah, and then yeah. the yeah. rest of the song comes, I'm like, yeah. Oh, maybe I'll just skip it. And that's yeah, yeah. That, so
2: I'm gonna I'm gonna pull you up on that as well. Okay. Pull away it it was before garage Inc. it was on the 598 garage re revisited ep mm.
0: cool story bro yeah,
2: yeah <laughs> so, so that can that that was like that was like the holy grail for me when i was a kid when i was like 12 okay. years old it was this thing of like oh the 598 ep i'm like does anyone own it no you can't buy it where where is it what is it no one knew what it was no one could get a hold of it cuz it was just this limited thing that oh. only ran for a certain amount of time so no one Everyone was like, oh, I've got to get a hold of this thing. And the the hype for it was real. But, you know, now we've got the internet. Everyone can find this stuff. And then they re-released it with Garage Inc. as well. But, um, yeah, it was this kind of mythologized thing of like, oh, wow, there's this thing out there. and No one knows how to get it. Apparently, a friend of mine had it, but then lost it. Right. How, so, or.
1: how rare was it? Because I feel like I saw it at, like, Utopia Records in Sydney, like, on a trip. But, like, if it's that rare, like, I, I doubt it was even there. Well,
2: it would have been released yeah. in the late 80s, well, right? Yeah, it was, like, just before Justice.
0: Yeah.
1: It's,
2: like, probably 87 So, Lee, you're probably talking
0: like about, uh, like, much later. Like a re-release. A mix probably yeah, talking probably. about at the time.
2: Probably, like, when I was about 10, 12 years old.
0: Yeah, it's around...
2: No one had it, but everyone knew about it. and Everyone wanted it, but that was on there. It's a lot like our podcast. Oh yeah, everyone wants it. No one knows about it,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and those who have it covered, it. they they just they know the value. They know the value. Um, so I th- I like this.
0: Ver- so this is probably one of the only songs I really like this version more than the Metallica version. Like it made sense. Yeah. This 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 jumps out to me as know, maybe because I've heard the other
1: version a thousand
2: times, as I'm like, oh, this is the this is good.
1: So, if I was given... If I was in a band where they were they were like, we really want to cover the weight, I don't think that there's anything that I could do as a vocalist to make that chorus sound good. Like like you said, Hetfield just didn't know didn't know what to do with it. And I would Reverse. be in the same boat. Well, yeah, because it's an effects thing. Like,
0: you'd have to use effects, and Hetfield was trying to do it like... That recording was so dry, trying to just, mm-hmm. you know... Yeah. But if you had like... A, I think Nine Inch Nails could do it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it would, be, it would have to be like... Outside of just like vocal ability, it would just have to be something interesting. Yeah, like yeah, you'd have to mess with it in a shit. Yeah, you,
0: you couldn't yep. do an acoustic version of it. No, no. You, unless I mean, you went country, no. you could. You, do could, a, you could, but a it it
1: country version it would bomb. Wait, jingle the way, um, yee-haw. Uh, I, yeah yeehaw,
0: yeehaw.
1: I, I really, I really actually prefer the the Killing Joke version. Yeah, as well. awesome. I, I like this a lot. Yeah,
2: but there's even, um, there's even effects right through. That there's a phaser or a flanger or something on the verses as well.
1: Yeah.
0: But that yeah. All right, so finally a track that we like. This is good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Next one is Complications. Yep.
2: I didn't mind this one either. Yeah, I didn't mind this one either. Yeah. Just gonna go out and say that. I, I didn't mind it at all. I thought it was pretty This is the
0: first time I really noticed the British accent. Maybe it was the first time I heard the voice clearly ish. But yep. um Yeah, right. Yeah, you know. Punk vibes. Interesting production.
1: Yeah, yeah. And mm. I, I was kinda hoping that um that maybe the first half of the album was just kind of a bit of a drag and that the second half was like the actual the band that I was waiting for. Uh and that kinda happened, but uh yeah. That's uh good stuff. This is um more like alternate reality joy the It's really fucking spiky and aggressive. Post punk.
2: Yeah, it's cool.
3: Do you like merch? merch. Wearable advertising your favourite podcast has got what you want, want, want. And now, so does Jukebox in suburbia. Support the stallions that review albums. Redbubble.com slash people slash J-I-S podcast. We've got T-shirts, hoodies, stickers, and other random swag. Don't miss out on the first print run and all the bragging rights that come with it. Redbubble.com. Have a good time,
2: all the
0: time. So, what are you guys gonna? What have you guys got to say about So Thirty Six?
2: This is definitely the day I had von Satan. Yeah, the I von Satan. But oh, monotony. This is it's
0: nearly seven minutes long, guys. Seven,
2: seven minutes of. Uh, yeah i mean this is this is kind of where in if it was a movie and you think blood sports where someone's you know getting absolutely pulverized by Van Dam, then you've got the weight like someone cruising off in a car, complications is walking down the street doing the beat with whoever is in this gang leading the post apocalyptic movement van Dam s o thirty six is it's it's like a drum driven a drum riff driven song, but it's like imagine Van Damme. Just walking down the street after everything's kind of kicked off, just walking past bodies and just kicking bits of them, <laughs> taking their wallets off, filling up his pockets, it's and, the, and just the looting section of the movie. The, it's it's the looting section, yeah, it, it is, but but not in a good way. Like there's nothing <laughs> nice about it. Like this is just evil, the most.
0: <laughs> Unlike the LA riots, which is messed just- messed up, you know, it's in the name. It was a riot.
2: <laughs> no, it's it's like a vulture. It's like a vulture going through, looking for scraps.
1: Yep, yeah, okay.
2: kicking things aside that
0: aren't worth, and just taking the, all
1: the bits that are there. Did anyone look up the name? So So
0: Thirty Six. Um, I knew what it was immediately. It's it's a club in Berlin. It's um, it's the Gershwin Room of Berlin. It's got a huge punk history. I've seen friends play there. Um, who did I see play there? I saw a Turbo Negro. So it's an institution. On, it's Turbo like Negro. right in the middle of Kreuzberg, which is, um, Kreuzberg is like the, I don't know. Brunswick? Like the Brunswick? But like it was super, Kreuzberg had a, so 1980, um, Germany still under, still divided, East and West Germany. Big time, Berlin yeah. was also divided. And uh, Kreuzberg was West Berlin, right near the Eastern border. So, it was super punky and it was where where lots of artists moved to and that became the art area and still is in a lot of ways. It's gentrified now, but that's the significance of SO36. And the whole time through it, it's got this speech where it's got a guy speaking in German about, uh, about the Soviet Union and, well, not the Soviet Union, the, the German version of the Soviet Union and how that fits into it and being a part of it and all that sort of stuff. So, it's Interesting yeah, right. that you talk about the looting part of it because it's not far from where they're at. You know, this is you know the the communism is not working. Uh, these people are super poor. Um, it's all and that's, squats. That's the thing. Like, yeah, around this time there
2: was a lot of like not so good stuff happening in Europe. Music's always a, a really good mirror for a lot of that sort of stuff as well. And I think this is probably a good example of that. And and, and it comes across like the whole album just comes across as like this almost like a voice of anger and a bit of you know, mirror probably to what's happening in some way, shape, or form, even though we can't understand the lyrics for most of it.
1: <laughs> On Spotify, it's S S.O.36, but apparently the, the track is actually titled, like, Dollar Sign O36. Ah. And what they mentioned in one of the articles that I read is that at some point round then, the club got sold okay, to a different owner that, that also kind of wanted to take, take that, like, really, like, iconic... Like the CBGBs of like Germany yep. and turn it into like a new wave kind of disco place. And I think like I mean if if it's all in the themes of like change and stuff like that, I mean like that uh that's probably somewhere in there as well. Um and now to go back to my classic meanness, there should have been a secret track and I wish I never found it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean you can't just uh you can't just title a song after the German CBGBs and you know put a speech over it in the background and turn a shit song into anything other than a shit song with a cultural culturally significant name and speech running through the background it is it's you know it's it's a dish that all of the ingredients still taste like the individual ingredients poo you might you might put some yep. really fancy cheese in there but it's still a shit sandwich all right well moving on so this is i reviewed nine tracks the original album was eight how far did you guys go um, i went to nine, nine? yes yeah, right. primitive and change yeah cool yeah. all right so primitive would have been the last track on the original album yep uh, on side b. on side b so vibey exciting yep. intro nice build ends out of and it just ends randomly
2: I've, I've been discovering these tracks lately that like the start they peak at the start and then they and then they kind of taper. I've been off. described yeah. that way. Like, yeah, as well. Money well. So, so money for nothing by Dire Straits is a classic example of that. It's got this really epic build at the start. The riff kicks in. You're like, ah, oh, cool riff, and then it just goes like, oh, is that it? Oh, who and was- there's six or seven minutes or whatever. And this kind of feels in a similar kind of way. Just peaks at the start, and then that's it.
1: Can you guys think of any songs that
0: never peak? Yeah, we we uh, there was we reviewed an album. The first track and didn't peak.
2: I reckon Tomorrow's World on, on this record could be one of those.
0: No, but
1: it like keeps doesn't. building. Wolf Alice. That. Uh, ah, yeah, yep, yeah, yep.
0: That's that right. That first track never peaked. That
2: was. Yeah.
0: It, it just exploded and then. It just was grew, done. And grew and grew and grew and grew and grew and then next.
2: So many of those tracks on an album just got bigger and bigger and you think it was as big as it got and then it just hit another level. Did of,
0: f- I've also been
2: described- Did we like those. that album?
1: We did. Did, did we? Like? Yeah, yeah, I think we did. Yeah, I'm going to go back and listen to it. Uh, yeah, look, um, I think this, this vocalist hates choruses because he just doesn't want to do them.
0: So, I think he also hates words because this song, I word <laughs> counted it, had 42 yeah. words in it. And some of those lines were doubled up. So, if you take out the lines that were repeated, it has 32 <laughs> words in it. 12. Well, 32. Yeah words and you know some of those words are the same word like primitive
2: can you do you have the do you have the words in front of you can you read them cuz that would be really interesting to hear those 32 words yeah sure um 32 words of greatness here they are
0: yeah no, i've got it i've got it i've got it how do you want me to read this
2: Well cue, cue some background music i reckon some violins some jazz <coughs> fender Rhodes piano
0: Pri- primitive <laughs> feelings primitive way getting closer to the primitive day Intuition, wherever it goes, the primitive day, the primitive way, oh, primitive feeling, primitive way, getting closer to the primitive day. Follow the feeling wherever it goes,
1: to the primitive day, the primitive way.
2: Oh, that's a beautiful thing.
1: I was hearing that in a very Australian <laughs> accent. And I just kind of it felt very Banjo Patterson. <laughs> So, so I tried to, I started
0: primitive. off trying to go British, but then kind of, kind of drifted between. I just like had
1: Paul Kelly in my head, and that's
0: where we were. Primitive, between, Primitive,
2: primitive way. We call it brutality. Did I a you
0: that I recorded yep. a book of poetry with Paul Kelly? <laughs> yeah. 300 poems. Really? Yes, that's cool. <laughs> 300 poems or 300 pages? I don't know. It was like 12 days of recording poems. Is that how he. 300 In, in, poems.
2: in the section that you wrote with, uh, you did with an Australian accent, is that kind of how he, he read stuff out? <laughs> primitive way. Just, in Australia, well, he read way. them all differently.
0: <laughs> like he'd rehearsed all the poems and had like day. different directions. It's it's actually quite, it's actually quite good. And there's one... Oh, fuck, what's it called? Um, I think it's called
1: Beat Up Falcon. i don't find it. Driving down the street, got a flat tire. Got oh. out the old Falcon. He done all the dumb that was things. terrible. Uh, yeah, no, I this this guy. So, um, I mean, this whole album is so kind of like avant-garde art student. I just kind of imagine. Oh, him- totally. Yeah. Uh, I I can just kind of imagine him going. B- uh, choruses, it's bollocks. That's just namby-pamby garbage to satisfy the masses. It is like like complications. Is just
2: complications. Yeah.
1: Complications. I mean, he's not. He's, he's and, not- cha-
2: and 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 the next song change. The the chorus is literally change.
0: This <laughs> song has twelve change. words. Twelve change. words, guys. <laughs> twelve words. Change mm. has twelve words in it. Read it, read it, read them out. Read those
2: twelve words out. Yelling <laughs> in your best Britalian <laughs> Brit- <laughs> What are we
1: talking about? Change, <laughs> Britishian action. Change or primitive? Oh, change has oh. twelve words. Sounds like Poison Arrow by ABC. All right, all right. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Yeah.
2: I, I didn't, I didn't mind the song. I thought the song was good. This was a bonus track on it's a, a reissue disco. version of this.
0: Yeah. The yeah, fact cool. that it was that not on the original there. made more sense because it was
2: very, very different. different.
0: Yeah. A little bit different All from right, the here rest. Here we go. These are yeah. lyrics yeah. for change. You see, you feel, you know, react. You're waiting. You're waiting. Change. <sighs> Authorized by the Victoria <laughs> government. <the camera. laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: That's says, Change,
2: <laughs> rinse, recycle, repeat. Change, change. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Um, you know, yeah, that, that gives me hope because I've always, I've always struggled with lyrics, and to know that someone else has written a song with just twelve words and rinse, recycle, repeat, that gives me hope. Maybe that's that's a good template to go by. <laughs> if I go over twelve words for lyrics, I've, I've written too much. I'm babbling. Do you reckon we could do a? Do you reckon we could do a podcast with twelve words, and that'd be it?
1: We can do whatever we no, want. I'm going to be honest. No, like we're just not. <laughs> <laughs> Though I reckon my vocabulary is not that much longer than twelve. So, Th-
2: three people, four words each. G'day, how's it going? See you later. Bye.
1: Yep. I actually just pushed it to thirteen with with the word vocabulary. <laughs> yeah, but I like change.
2: I like I like the song change. I thought it was pretty good. Um, I'd 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 give that a pop pop collar. Yep, polo shirt.
1: <laughs> did Did anyone for was it just me sure. that heard poison arrow in that? <laughs> you know. Shoot that poison arrow to my heart. Yeah, mm, maybe. <laughs> oh, I've just got a just got a frog in the throat. Oh no, podcasting oh, you gotta, dilemma. Got to
2: record this. Yeah. Got to record this because it's amazing.
1: <laughs> <sighs> All right, oh, anyway. so here you go. are we are we re, uh, rating this out of out of five guys? Out of five guys. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Out of five guys, out of five riffs. Look,
0: if this album wasn't made in 1980, it would be one polo shirt out of five for me. (laughs) All right? Um, But since it is so influential, I still didn't like it. I'm probably not going to listen to it again. In fact, I know I will not listen to it again. I might listen to The Weight (coughs) and maybe Requiem or the Foo Fighters version of it. But... Not necessarily on purpose. Um, Yeah. So, with all that in mind, I will give it two polos and a popped collar. (laughs) Fair enough.
2: I'll take that. I don't know. There was something something about this that kind of that I really enjoyed, in a strange way. And I don't know. Maybe it was a post-apocalyptic's. And there was other bits that I just didn't like, but but. I think there was more positive in it for me than not for some strange reason. Um, and I don't know. I'd, I could just hear a lot of other bands in there with sounds that I'd heard. So, I'm going to give it three and a half pop collar pink shirts out of five.
0: So that's take, that's <laughs> Mick, taking into would, account the lineage, the the um, the importance to rock today.
2: Yeah. And I'm going to sprinkle it with, um, Lawn with Cool Waters. <laughs> no, no, with, with cool waters, you know. I'm wearing I'm wearing a pink popped collared polo here. Yep, yeah. Cool waters got to be sprinkled in there as well.
1: The the bits that you liked in this album, Mick, I would definitely go and listen to the 20, 2003 album because it's all that stuff, like the tiny little bits of it you can hear in this, but amped up to, to goddamn eleven. It is not even a metal album, and it is the heaviest album I can think of. What one of the heav- heaviest albums ever. Yeah, cool. Uh, Definitely check it out. And listeners, please check out the 2003 version of Killing Joke, Killing Joke. And
2: check out my disco. I reckon it's got this kind of sauce all over it. Can can
0: you guys send all that stuff? uh, We'll get that up in the show notes.
1: How many times have I told you, Mick? I'm not going to your disco. (laughs) Oh, bro, I want you at my (laughs) disco, man. Um, All right. So my review. uh, Editor, please put in some, like, rising tension, like horror music for this, because it's gonna it's gonna go places. Okay, my review. If this is one music history expert explaining the birth of punk, but he's at a <laughs> birthday party. Nobody wants him there. Johnny's getting upset. He thought he was gonna be a magician and cake and everything. Ma- what is this man talking about? Why does he keep talking about Iggy Pop and the Stooges being a pivotal moment in this scene? I just wanted to watch The Magician with my friends! Out of five. Perfect. <laughs> That's seminal.
0: <laughs> I, I think I think you blew more, your 12-word uh, limit there. I was going to say it's at
2: least 12 words there for maybe, that review.
1: Yeah, there was more more words in this review than the album. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So maybe we can uh, we can
0: pay our homage to this um, by doing 12-word reviews of the next album. Instead of our 10-second, we'll do 12-word. 72 Excellent. words in my review.
1: More than the entire album. <laughs> That's more than the last two songs combined. <laughs> awesome change. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. Well, that one's done. <laughs> Put that one on the shelf. Let's uh, let's look to the future.
1: Let's let's um yeah skip this one. Catch you next time. So let's look at uh, let's look
0: at our, our album picks for next time around. So if you have if you're new to the podcast, welcome. The way we do it, we do it very Democratically. I was going to say democratically, but often it's one person democracy. picking all the albums. That's not really democracy.
1: Well, we but we take it no. in terms of who's weak it is.
0: I mean, we if for those who don't know, Leroy is our dungeon master and uh so we we like to include his big fuzzy dice. So <laughs> and we love it. We, we throw up a bunch of albums that we think might be interesting. And then we roll a die and the die, the fakes choose what album we'll be listening to over the coming period between album reviews, which is sometimes two weeks. So... And in this case, maybe. (laughs) Let's not make, uh, let's not, you know, make promises we can't keep. Under promise and over deliver. If you go to the album pick, is it a channel? Yep. Yeah. So... I put up a thing on Reddit talking about our podcast and a whole bunch of people said, "Oh, this is an album you should look
1: at." Oh, yeah, cool.
0: So what do you reckon, guys? I reckon we can do something
2: like that. That sounds fantastic. Right. And welcome to those people who have just joined through Reddit, you know, probably 6 months ago when we were um, when we put this out there.
1: <laughs> when we were when we were chipper young things just Bright eyed and bushy tailed, recording podcasts but, um, on a lock.
2: But yeah, let's, you know, we, we asked the people for their thoughts and they've given us their thoughts. Let's give them some choices. All right.
1: So these first few albums
0: come from a user with a, a Redditor. Redditor, that's what they call him. With the username. Let's, let's call him a Redditor. K-A-S-I. C-A-I-A-S-I. How you doing? I'm going to say that's Casey. Hey, Casey. Probably. So, we've got quite a few album picks on here. <laughs> the first one is Totem's Flare by Clark. Cool. The second one Excellent. is Cotton, In Cotton the mix. Woodhill by Brain Ticket. I like the name, so Brain it's a, Ticket. It's only five Feels tracks, like- but the last one's 13 minutes. So, I think that'll qualify. We'll get enough. Yeah, that sounds, sounds like right. Stone and Rock. Uh, and then Ross's Ksillag Alat Zuletet by Venetian Snares. Oh, I've heard of them. Yep. So there's 3 yep. <laughs> and then we got I do not know who the user was for this one. It says here in my notes Soft Weekly Friends podcast. So maybe this is the person from the Soft Weekly Friends podcast. Hello. Okay. <laughs> Sorry guys, this is uh I wrote these notes in January. It is now March. Perfect. So perfect means we're on on the ball, consistently inconsistent. So this album <laughs> is called uh, there Goes the Wonder Truck by Mary's Danish. There it goes. So that one's not actually tr- on Spotify, but it is on YouTube. Yeah, we'll make it work. All right. The next album picks are from a user called ZDX. ZX. How many have we got there oh, so there's far? There's shitloads, guys. So this album is called-
2: Should we should we cap it to 10?
1: Cap it to six so we can roll the dice.
0: All right. Cap it to six Is that's a normal side of dice. Yeah. Where are we up to? Um, and then the next one is from ZDX, and this is "I and Love and You" by the Avett Brothers. The next one we have is from a user called Trex ten thirteen, and it is "God Ween Satan the Oneness" by Ween. Like Ween, I haven't heard Ween for ages. They're a great band. I saw them at Meredith there you once. Go. And this one is from user. Introduction 76, and it is Exposure. Human Introduction 76. What? Human Introduction Human. 76. Um, my apologies. Exposure by Delight. How many is that?
1: Um, so, yeah. So, we've got five. Let's do, um, Greg Mick, do you just want to throw one in? DZ Death Rays, um, Black black Rat. Done. Fastest finger first. Okay, cool. I'm going to roll the magic D6, and let's see what we get. Uh, no, no, not two D six, one D six, uh, and it's number two. Number two, chill for twenty. chow well, I hope this
2: is the Wonder Truck.
1: This is Wonder Truck. Yes.
2: Sounds like Wonder Truck.
1: Nice. Wonder Truck. All right. Um. So who was that? F- who was that from?
0: So this is from Soft Weekly Friends. So I've now understood my notes. Soft Weekly Friends, who also has two podcasts, The Man Brain, and We Only Do
1: One Take. Look, uh, if you are from these podcasts, uh, if you'd like to reach out to us on email or jump on our Discord and have a chat, if you want to jump on this review as well, I reckon, are you guys down for that?
0: I'm even up for it. Sure. I'm up for it and down for yeah, it.
1: I'm up on the downstroke. Um, yeah, uh, we would love to um, have some guests on that have a good Microphone? Because um, maybe they can lend us one.
0: So, this <laughs> week's album is There Goes the Wonder Truck from 1989 by Mary's Danish. Now, I don't believe it's on Spotify, but you can find the whole album on YouTube. Um, the U- okay. Lily Renata Cruz.
2: I'll, I'll, I'll try not to crash the car trying to listen to this one if I'm trying to watch it on YouTube. Might get a bit interesting, a bit funky But I'll give it a crack.
0: So thank you once again, everyone, for tuning in. We very much appreciate you lending us your time. Get on the the socials, like and share. And if you know anyone who you think might might appreciate listening to our gobbledygook, then just pass it around. Pass it around like it's a bag of chips. We'd appreciate that.
2: Like it's glitter. It's going to get on everything and it's never going to leave and it's going to make a mess all the time. In the meantime, send us an email, podcast at jukeboxinsuburbia.com.
0: Yeah.
2: Nah, maybe. Whatever.
0: And have a good time all the time. We also have a Patreon and bits and pieces, so if you want to send us some money, you can do it like that. <laughs> you don't have to. Or not.
1: It. It's fine. Nah, just have a, have a real good time. Goodbye, everybody. We'll see you next episode. Ciao. Catch ya.